Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, just like many of you, I'm on the eternal journey to navigate this crazy life as best that I can. And so I'm a big lover of self-improvement and soulful books and shows that help me actually just try and do that and navigate this crazy journey as best I can by getting new insights and ideas on how we do that, how we can do that, whether it's home life or our work life. And something that I have started to become a little interested in is looking at leadership books. And when I say a little bit, I'm just starting to get interested in that. And that's because five years ago, I started the charity Got You Back Sister, which is a domestic violence charity that empowers women to thrive after fleeing domestic violence. It's grown exponentially over those five years. And I found myself in a role that I had never really sought out before or really kind of done before. And that is the leader. Um, yeah. And it's been a journey of self-discovery in itself. Again, it's not something that I'd actually ever really sought out in my life was to go, oh, I want to be a leader of anything. I kind of just just doofed along on my merry way, you know, doing jobs that I enjoy and, um, you know, different climbing the corporate ladder. But I had never really got, put myself, never really considered going, oh, I want to be a leader of an organization at all. It was just never something that I that I really struck for. But I have noticed that there are thousands of books on how to be a great leader. And again, there are books that I probably have generally not really sought out before as well, just like not seeking out being a leader. But it was funny that last week I had two separate conversations with two friends, Belinda Smith and Nadine Barreto, who were both singing the praises of one such leadership book. And it's called The Leader Who Had No Title by Robin Sharma. Now, I've previously had Nads and Bell on Hey Soul Sister podcast, and they did a book review on the 5am Club, um, which is another book by Robin Sharma. And it happens to be one of the most listened to podcast episodes of all time was us having a chat and the girls talking about um, the 5am Club and what they loved about that book. And I had a lot of people actually reach out and, and say that they wanted to get on the 5am morning train as well, which high five to you. I'm still not there yet. I'm at the 7 a.m. club. <laughs> <laughs> so I have Nads and Bell back in here because I thought that was such a great episode, just having a discussion about that book, and, and so many people really liked it. So I've got the girls back in here today because we're going to do a book review. I don't know if it's a book club, book mm. review. I probably don't read enough books to have a book club. <laughs> I'm happy to do a review. But we're going to talk about the leader who had no title. So just a little recap, um, Nadine Barreto, Nads has been on Hey Soul Sister a number of times, and Nads is the founder and owner of Eight Recruitment Company, and Bill Smith, Bill's been on here before as well, and she is the CEO of Rapid Solutions, an international insurance company. Now, I'm going to say both of you, I gave both of you titles then. So you're both leaders of your organizations, and I both gave you a title, founder, owner, CEO. Hmm. What would Robin Sharma say about that? Well, he would say titles are optional. (laughs) (laughs) It's an added bonus when you've got one, maybe. Yeah. But you're both leaders in your prospective businesses and fields. So that's cool. Hmm. Now, do you girls generally like a leadership book? Yes, I absolutely do. I I have a bit of a tendency to burn through 
leadership books, just finish one, pick up the next one, always have a stack of them. And I really love them. Not It's not the only things I read, but it's certainly, there, there's always one on my nightstand. Do you find that you really get a lot of ideas that you like use? That 100%. You, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that when certain things resonate in a book that you can put into, pla- into practice pretty quickly or immediately yeah. in your life, then you, that's when you get the most out of the book. But I think out of a lot of the books that I read, I'm finding maybe just as I get older that the similar things are resonating, mm. but they're just presented different ways. And I think that's a really good thing about a book like this one is that it applies to, to business and life. And life and we'll, yeah. we'll unpack a bit of that today, no matter where you're at on the, the leadership journey. Yeah. yeah. Or what the about- life journey, actually. Mm. Yeah. And that's, I suppose, what I have read in the research that I did was that, you know, some of the concepts, you know, that I read about were that they, you could implement them in any aspect of your life. We'll get into that in a second. Nadzi, what about you? I, to be honest, I've never read a book about leadership. I'm the same as you. I'd never, I would never have gone looking to be a manager, a leader. I was happy with eight recruitment and being a recruiter. Leadership's been a completely different story that I've fumbled and stumbled along the way I didn't get this book because of that the book kind of fell out to me I was I was having a bad day and it just absolutely jumped out of me but I didn't get it to be a leader without a title but it's it's taught me so so much it's been an amazing book you do love an an inspirational book I do yeah yeah you're forever kind of going you should read this yeah I don't think you read them but I do Well, I may just get to the 5am club very soon. It is on my shelf. (laughs) Okay, so girls, let's talk about the leader who had no title. First up, what do you love about it? Go, Belle. Um, Well, I actually read this book, I think it was maybe 10 years ago. It feels like a long, long time ago, or maybe I've just read lots of books since (laughs) then. So when we were talking about it the other day, I actually went back and and revisited it. And um, the key thing that jumped out at me is one of the four major themes, which is that turbulent times build great leaders. And oh my gosh, what a great year to hear that message that actually the problems and difficult days are actually good for you. Um, (laughs) They don't feel like it at the time though. No, but it felt quite comforting when I was was, um, revisiting the book and those key key themes because I think this year in particular, and, and I found it professionally with with COVID but also personally as a parent it has been the toughest and most turbulent year and um, the principles of the book actually help make some sense of that Mm. as a way of kind of navigating the chaos and I'm believing actually this is going to this is going to help make me a better person yeah yeah what about you Nads yeah my yeah probably very similar but my the way that I found the book I was having a, a really ordinary day just that day where everything was going wrong one after the other and I kept on fighting going you've got this just you've got this stay with it stay with it but then the, there was a you know the straw that breaks the camel's back I was like oh I need to go home um but I went into the secondhand bookstore in Beaumont Street I love a secondhand bookstore and I thought I'm gonna wait for a book to jump out at me and I already knew I loved Robin Sharma and it literally did jump out at me and I went to the beach and read it and I don't think I put it down. And like Belle said, the, 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 the takeaways I got from it actually have helped me in business and my family life. You know, my, I was having a bad day with a, with a child, with a teenager and I think a few things had gone wrong at work or, you know, when something just really goes wrong, it all goes wrong at the same time. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the, the takeaways I was getting reading the book were both helping me personally and professionally. Yeah. So, Nads... Tell me, takeaway number one for you, key takeaway. Okay, so one of the characters is 
called Ty. So just quickly, oh. it's actually a fictional book. It's a, a, a modern fable on real success in business and in life. She was just reading that just from the quoting cover. It. <laughs> <laughs> just quoting it. Yeah. yeah, Which is interesting. It's a little bit like Paul Calo, yeah. who he writes a story to actually um, illustrate, illustrate the principles. His, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So this is not a you should do this, you should do that. It's a story. Yep, he takes you on a journey and introduces characters. Um, so this one character, Ty, was a professional snow skier and he talked about um, embracing his fear on the slopes and that hard runs make better skiers. And again, that like this is all so relevant for me as a parent and me as a business owner. He was talking about when the terrain changes on a ski slope, your technique has to change. So new conditions call for a different technique. That's parenting teenagers, that transitions through teenagehood. It's working out how you're going to get your business through COVID. Absolutely. Like I have really found that, you know, now kids are in their 20s. It's like, okay, well, I, we're still their parents, but you have to be a parent in a different mm. way because that terrain has changed. Yeah. And certainly COVID, and I saw that with you, Nads, with COVID because you had to, you know, you, it was real sink or swim for you yeah. as a recruiter when people are losing their jobs. And no one's recruiting. No one's recruiting. Mm. So tell us, how did you, I mean, that threw you into a tough terrain. How did you have to change? I changed my outlook in general, I think. I got myself, I, I, I had to get creative and to be creative, I had to surround myself with some really positive people, positive environment. I didn't read any, I, didn't, I, got, I got off social media. I didn't read the newspaper. I didn't listen to the news and just had to have absolute faith as well that we will get through this. I think, you know, I can be a bit of a delusional optimist and just have to have complete faith. And I didn't engage in any conversations that were negative. I know that sounds a bit airhead hippie, but that's that's what got me. And, and just hard work. Like I was at work every day, 10-hour days, while others were sitting at home with their feet up. Yeah. So that that's, you know, two of the ways that we got through. Yeah. What about you, Belle? Did you have to change the – you know, change things up for your organisation or even personally during the COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for me, I think the the pressure that I felt nearly instantly, and I think this thing escalated in Australia really quite quickly mm. from, you know, hearing about this this thing happening in China in December, January to mid-March, we all called, we called all of our people together and said, okay, we think this thing could actually be really significant and really impact all of us. And at the time, part of my portfolio in our organisation was looking after the the people, and so all of a sudden I felt all eyes on me, on my response, my reaction. I wanted to be responsive, not reactive. I wanted people to feel safe. I wanted people to feel they had some sense of security around their jobs and stability. And I, I remember just feeling like I had to try to put my arms around everyone mm. and that they were watching me for my response so that they had a sense of safety and security and could they themselves feel like they yeah. could actually navigate this thing. So. I've never, I've never at the same time felt so, so much pressure and responsibility, but so privileged, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to muck it up. Mm. You know, I am a bit different to, to both of you. I've always felt this, I don't know where it came from, this desire and aspiration to be a leader. When I was a kid, I really loved doing classical ballet. And so my dream wasn't about being a ballerina. It was being the artistic director in the Australian ballet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And just being able to create a space for people to do really, really great things. So I felt like this was a real, really important moment and I was really conscious of listening to people and responding and understanding their needs and navigating the flexible work 
arrangements as well. Most of our employees are female, so they had these dual responsibilities mm. of working from home, doing homeschooling with their kids, as well as all of the other bits and pieces that comes with being a mum. So I really, it, it was a great, it was a great opportunity out of a really turbulent time. Mm. As exhausting as it was, I think it taught me so much about leadership, particularly self-leadership. Yeah, There's a quote here from the book that says, to be a great leader, you will have to be unrealistically persistent and wildly courageous. Mm. I like that. Yeah. And I, I remember observing you, Nads, during the COVID and, and really seeing that of you because oh, I knew you. how you know, you had your moment in the fetal position in the corner of the room. <laughs> in, rocking in, back your, and forth. in your bedroom, I think. <laughs> the bottle of wine in hand. Yeah. And I saw you rise and having the courage to go, I have to get up and I no have option. to get going. Yeah. And I go, that takes courage because it's very easy for any of us and especially, you know, leader of an organization, you know, sometimes you want to just curl up, curl up in the fetal position and not get up and keep going. Right. But I really saw that of yeah, you awesome. and I thought you were really courageous and you were very persistent. I am very persistent. Mm. And you were looking for new ways to do things. Mm. Yeah. Do you know, even one of the quotes that he talks about as well about embracing the fear. So even, you know, the businesses were doing really well, recovering from COVID as a recruiter, there's, I don't know how many people realise that there is quite a, a big sales element to being a recruitment um, consultant. And still, who likes to pick up the phone and do sales calls? Like, it's like, ah. And nearly every time I do it, it's like, embrace the fear. Embrace the fear. <laughs> and it actually it sounds so corny. But embracing the fear is cool. Like, it's exciting. It's yeah. and, and that sets you apart from other people because a lot of people won't actually yeah. go into the fear. They'll avoid it. Yeah, well, I, I always loved roller coasters. I love that. <laughs> you know, I do. I love the butterflies in your stomach and just do it, just do it and pick up the phone. Like, I, I love it. But, yeah, still, I've been in recruitment 22 years, been very business development, sales orientated, but still, who who loves picking up the phone to make that sales call? But yeah. I do, like, embrace the fear, Nads, embrace the fear. <laughs> Thank you, Robin Sharma. <laughs> Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Okay, Bell, next takeaway. Next takeaway for me is around self-leadership and I've, I've touched on it a little bit already, but, and I think you said as well, Mel, that actually to be a great leader, you have to start with being a really the best person that you can be and being true to yourself and knowing yourself and prioritizing, getting to know yourself, getting to love yourself. I know that sounds really airy fairy and, and it, it's not easy. Mm. It's not easy. And I think whilst the book is really inspiring around self-leadership, which is a 24-7 commitment, it doesn't start when you get to the office and you don't hang it up when you, mm. when you leave. The person you are at, at home, the person you are with your friends, on, on any platform that you've got, that's your opportunity to be the, the best person you can and the best leader you can, the best mom that you can. So what do you think that looks like? I think it, start, it starts with compassion and coming from a, a place of love. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned this year and it, yeah. com- it does come from embracing the fear mm-hmm. and coming from a place of love rather than a place of fear so when I'm afraid about something so for instance I've had a really really tough year with my son who's 16 he's going through a lot of a lot of personal stuff and it's really fractured our relationship and when I have a fear of, of losing him or um, of, of him not becoming the person that that I thought that he was going to become my tendency over over time has been, you know, when we talk about fight or flight, I'm flight and I just shut down and I don't I don't want to face the fear. 
and and I withdraw to, to protect myself. Mm. But what I've learned this year is if we do embrace the fear and come from a place of love, then that's when the relationship gets deep and that's that's when you both grow. Because yeah. the easiest thing in the world is to curl up in the fetal position mm-hmm. and just say, you know what, just wake me up when it's all over. Yeah. Wake me up in five years at exactly. least. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But so much comes from, from embracing that mm. fear. Yeah. It's funny you're talking about about that being the best person that you can be. And, and I had read that too around, you know, one of the key concepts of the book is whatever you do, just be the best you can be at yeah. it. And I read that and kind of felt incredibly guilty and a little bit lazy. <laughs> I hear, I hear. <laughs> like I, I'm actually, it made me go, oh my goodness, I need better habits. I need to say no to more things. Mm. I, I, I was going to say, do I need to say yes to more things? I say, no. yes, to a lot of, <laughs> I say yes to a lot of things. Say yes to the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And I had that instantaneous thought of, oh, wow, I, people said to me all the time, oh, you seem so busy. You seem so busy. I'm like, yeah, I am. But I actually feel like I'm not doing it all justice. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're chasing two rabbits, yeah, you're possibly not going to catch it either. Oh my goodness. That's a good one. That's a, that is a good one. Thanks. Mm. Okay, and I, I'm at that point now going, mm. oh, well, I feel like I'm, I'm by doing too many things and having too many projects mm. on the go I can say that. and saying yes to too many things that I'm not giving 100% to any of them. Robin Sharma talks about that in the 5am club as well, that having this maniacal focus mm. on the one thing and just being the best in the world that you possibly yep. can be at that one thing. Whilst also acknowledging that there's many facets to our, our lives, particularly parenting and you know nurturing our relationships and having our, our work stuff. But I think if the thing you want to be best at in the world is being the kindest, most compassionate person you can be, then you can do that 24-7, 365. Yeah. And I think for me, that's, that's where I'm at right at the moment. You know, I was saying to Nads the other day about as a parent, the fear of, you know, judgment of other people of, you know, I, I literally have these like KPIs as parents, yeah. you know. I love like, that you said that. I that's imagined, so true. I imagine my, you know, my kids, both of my kids going to university and, and I just wanted them to do better than I had and have more than I have. And I've, I've had a pretty privileged upbringing. So there's all these like KPIs that I thought mm. they would hit and I would help them hit. And or that, that even you'd hit exactly. as a parent, your KPIs. Exactly. Mm. And that's well, who's judging? I said, well, actually, nobody. And even if they did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to, no. to them anyway because no. they're not the kind of people that I, that I care about. So I've really had to redefine, well, what I want to be the best in the world at. Do you and, know what else, love, I think? And I've said this before, and excuse my French, but we're somewhat, like, don't ever be scared of sharing your shit. Yeah. Because you sharing your shit has helped me with my daughter. Oh, really? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I think so many people love the perfect picture. No one's got the perfect picture. Mm. And the minute you share your story, it can re- you don't know who that's going to help. Not that you want to sit there and just spill your guts to everyone. Yeah. But knowing that someone else is possibly struggling with the same thing you are, it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. And I wonder how Belle copes with this. And I wonder what happened when Belle had to deal with that. Uh, and same as Mel. Like I turned to Mel heaps for parenting advice. And wine. always the wine love but you know you've gone through your own journey with each child absolutely Um, and if you hadn't shared those stories with me I would be you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. because anybody who makes out that they're perfect parents perfect leaders perfect people have perfect children they're all lying yeah I know that's harsh but you know 
Oh, it's so I, true. I, I agree with you. The best. I, I'm just like, get real. Just mm. get real, raw, raw, and real. And Bill, thanks for sharing because I know that's it's that you can feel really exposed. Yeah, to actually yeah, share what, what's going, especially in terms of parenting, because mm. people can be super judgy. But you know, going back to the book and one of the one of my major takeaways from it actually kind of links back to your story, Bill, and and it's business and and parenting is the story of the caterpillar who was struggling to shed its cocoon. That's what our kids are doing, really. And he was telling the story of his grandfather thought it would be a good idea to, to help this caterpillar trying to shed its cocoon. So he got his pocket knife out and cut it, but the, the, the caterpillar died. Um, and, and instead of, um, you know, turning into a beautiful butterfly, and he was saying in, in turbulent times and periods of struggle in our lives can be an opportunity for us to grow wings and be at our best. But also I love this and I – as a parent and as a business owner through COVID, his quote is, we just have, just have to have patience and trust the period of change, like the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And then I read this other quote the other day that says, you know, the caterpillar had no idea he was going to turn into a butterfly. Mm. I love that. It's so beautiful. I love that. Hey, you had no idea. There's still time. That gives us hope. <laughs> that gives us yeah, hope. yeah. But that can relate back to our kids. Like just trust in the process, be patient with the process. They'll, they'll turn into beautiful adults one day. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. That's the plan. Um, That's the plan. I tell my kids, actually, my job is just to, to help you become a socially acceptable adult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but That's also, all I can do. Also, obviously, don't take your eye off the ball, but don't cut them out of their cocoon either. Like, they've got to experience their own journey in, in a certain way as well. So I, I really like that one. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Now, I love this. If you want to make big things happen in your life, you need to live your life on purpose. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's probably been one of the the key things that I have found in my life. I didn't realize before, I suppose, going on the trip to Nepal, which then led to me to starting the Sister Code and then the Got You Back Sister Charity and now Hey Soul Sister podcast, I didn't realize before that, that I hadn't been living life on purpose and having a purpose that's bigger than myself has opened my world up Mm. so much. Mm. And, you know, and especially through the charity, through Got Your Back Sister, being there to serve the, you know, women in our community that really need our help that are really vulnerable because they've lived through the trauma of violence you know, having that purpose and having the passion for that has opened up my world. And so I suppose I put it to anybody that if you're out there and I I guess, you know, you're looking for that spark in life and whether it is to become a leader or not, you know, in my case, it was like, okay, well, you know, that led me on that whole other journey to becoming a leader of a charity. But I'm like, find what it is that you, you know, find that passion and find Mm -hmm. that purpose. And I know that's a bit of a buzz term right now but I think it's also about I mean this this book says that it's about illuminating the path to meaningful work though you know it's so many people doing so many amazing things in the world like you are with with got you back sister Mel and for, for many other people that they I think we can all get a little bit caught up you know have to find the spark the sexy job you mm. know it has to be something that if I tell someone you know I'm you know saving the world that the, we, we carry that with mm. a sense of pride there are some jobs that are grudge jobs that you know, aren't the glamorous jobs, but we can still find meaning in that work. And it might just be the the, the meaning of just serving other people. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody's got to do, you know, take out the, the trash and some people have, have got to prepare the food and, you know, there's, there's a 
every job has has meaning yeah and I think you're right people get caught up on I've got to live my life purpose sometimes it's as simple as providing food for your family or just serving serving other people or actually just making making someone smile when you've handed them their coffee (laughs) but and I, I think the term on purpose means no matter what you're doing that you're that you're doing that purposefully so say you know if if your your passion or your job as as i'll say is serving food to your family do it on purpose yeah because that's what you choose to Mm. do and because you love it yeah give it your full attention give it your full attention and do it the best you can robin sharma would say do it the best you can best in world best in the world (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's another thing i'm failing at now (laughs) oh please Say, oh, God, look what I did. I just turned that into a, a discussion about that and, and turned that inward and made it about me. Everything's oh, We all do that. It's all about yeah. you, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Nads? Next key learning. My, I liked, it, there's a whole, you know, chapter on it, but summarising it, creating small daily disciplines. It's so simple. Mm. You, you know, you don't have to go and, I don't know, overcommit to things that you're going to change in your life to get success. So I just set myself tiny, tiny little goals in my day on a daily basis that I know if I look back at the end of the month, again, going back to sales. Okay, let's just make two sales calls today, every day. And at the end of the month, I don't know, that's a lot. How many is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's five. You know, it's, or it's setting little daily, what's the other word for it? Daily rituals? Yes, yes. You know, whether that be, okay, your phone's off at seven o'clock and go and sit with your kid for half an hour or it just it doesn't have to be overwhelming things don't let it overwhelm you if you just make little changes in your life every day it'll have a big difference does that make sense mm, absolutely. absolutely you know i was at a conference years ago it was at marie Faleo's conference in new york called rich happy and hot <laughs> which you are love <laughs> It was, it was like 250 women. You can imagine. I want to be rich, happy and hot. Yeah. Anyways, it was it was fun. But I remember she, when she was on stage, she was talking about habit. And I had never looked at habit this way because sometimes I suppose we can look at habit in a negative way. Mm. Like because you're doing things because you just do it. It's a mm. habit. But you're not doing it on purpose. But I remember Marie said... The great things about habits is that you want to create habits that you, so you don't have to think. Mm. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to use headspace for that. Yeah. And I remember I was like, yes, I love that. So, for example, I, I love to go for a walk after dinner. She's like, make, she would say, make that a habit because mm. you're getting your exercise and you don't even have to think about it. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I love that. So, I, that's something that I have tried to incorporate is – is if I know there are things that I that I good for me or that I you know I know you shouldn't use the word should but should be doing I go create a habit around it so you don't have to use the brain space you're not making a decision about it yeah, like you that. just do it automatically yeah I love like that even the, um you know having the same breakfast every morning mm. wearing the same jeans yeah. every day I guess that's the same thing you know it, yeah. it's discipline as well and it just leaves you some headspace it know? is it's like that mm. is one less thing I need to think about or make a decision about. I just do the same thing, every, like, mm. you know, for that particular ritual or whatever, mm. you just make it a habit. I love that. Yeah. Nice. Nice takeaway. <laughs> and if it's, a, if it's a good habit that serves you well, I think the test of that is if one, one day or a couple of days you skip it, then you know that that's actually, it is a good yeah. habit and serves you well. Yeah. So I find that with, you know, the, the 5am club thing yep. of getting up early, going to the beach, or even just meditating after a couple of days, if I haven't 
done that, I can really feel it. I yeah, feel anxious. I've got less energy. I'm less creative. So I think that's a real test of, well, you know, well, should I form a good habit? Well, try something. And as you said, start small. Mm. Yeah, start uh, with uh, the same breakfast every day. If you normally skip breakfast or find that you're running late for work all the time because you're yeah. trying to put breakfast together and, you know, maybe prepare it the night before and throw it in the blender and mm. whatever works. Mm. And make it a habit. So exactly. you, don't even, you don't even think about it. It's just something that you do. Yeah. Yep. One less thing to pop in your brain exactly in the the 5am club i think you were quite good at it he talks about i know it's not this book but making your first 90 minutes of your day at work really count and Mm. just getting the hard stuff done first that's a great little habit to get Mm. into yeah it's something i'm doing the first 90 minutes i smash out what i really need to and that includes my little small daily disciplines yeah and it makes such a Mm. difference it really does want to fill your soul with more go to the sisterco.com okay concept from the book if you want to live the life of your dreams begin by reverse engineering it so bill talk about that yeah so this is this is about my interpretation um of it is if if you have a sense of how you want to be remembered without getting too hung up on on legacy but um if you have a sense of you know when you take your your dying breath you um you have a feeling of what you want to have accomplished or what you want to be remembered for as a person not necessarily as as you know material accomplishments start with that and then work backwards so if it's about being somebody who's really active in the community for instance then you can work backwards from that and say okay well what might that look like and what can I commit to and what habits will support that so it is about um, identifying that end game and then putting the big rocks in and and filling the smaller rocks in as well I suppose so that you can actually make it happen and it's about really taking ownership for that and not just letting life happen to you. But he talks quite a lot about this this radical idea of, of ownership and you controlling the controllables for the life that you ultimately want to lead. Yeah. When you're 80 years old and you were, you know, look back over your life, what would you like to have accomplished? I think broadly for me, it's about having had positive impact on on people that I've worked with, that I've had a relationship with. That's that's the overarching accomplishment because that is the abs- the absolute only thing that I can control. Yeah. What about you, love? No, no, I'm just thinking. I've never thought of it. Sometimes I sort of think, what would people say about me at my funeral? <laughs> I don't, don't know if I want to know. She loves crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I think, look, I, it's, I guess I can't go past the simplicity of just happy. It's so corny. A happy family. I just, I, I want to, I want to be surrounded by, by good people. My, my husband and my three children have lived full lives as well. And I know that's so simple, but I think that's, I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by that. My grandma and pop married 75 years, died within 12 months of each other at 99 and 96. And they have beautiful family. And, it doesn't. You can't get any luckier than that. Absolutely, and um, it takes work, right? It doesn't oh, just man. happen. It yeah. is. It is actually something you've got to keep committing to yep. and and adapting and growing. Yeah. Yourself again. Yeah. Yep. To um, have that, the hard times can make for a better relationship. Mm-hmm. So again, the book can be quite good for your relationships with your partner as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't given that one too much thought. That's funny. Yeah. I would say I kind of have done everything. <laughs> I kind of have like what what you know what I mean I go I'm actually quite content yeah now. yeah and and I feel the same so I, I'm quite content I go I feel as though you know I'm in my 40s and I go and hopefully I've got another 40 or 50 years in me but I, I actually at, at this point in my life I go well I've done lots of great things fun things mm. 
things, you know, I, I have nice friends, good family, good, you know, I, I kind of just feel really content. Do you know, he talks about also basically that exact thing. As you're taking your last breath, you want to look back on your life and go on, I couldn't have done it any better. Mm. And whilst I'm only 44, I where I am now, I feel like that too. But to get to where I am, man, I've had some shit on the way. You know, a divorce, lived in all these different countries, or, you know, just and you make choices to get your life to where you want to be. And that's I had this conversation with Stevie yesterday. It frustrates me when people are just so caught up in their misery that they are, are avoiding solutions mm. to, to fix their problems. Whereas I'm like, oh, well, I don't like how that's working for me. Let's change it. Like I'm always doing that. Instead of sitting there in your misery thinking there's no way out, though there is. Which is why you love Robin Sharma. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, ladies. So who was the leader that had no title? In the book? Yeah. Why, why, why no title? Why no title? Oh, sorry. I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I, just thought I'd throw, I just thought I'd throw that out there and just to see and you both looked at me blankly and went, what? <laughs> yeah. So no, that's actually a really good question. So it's it's in each of us. That's the point. That you actually don't, you, you can display leadership you can be a leader without mm. a title it's the way the way you show up the commitment you have to your own self-leadership your self-awareness and the positive impact that you have on the people around you oh my it's, god it's I everyone love that. it's 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 every single one of us yeah, like the first character was a, a maid in a hotel and i guess her title was maid but she was so proud of what she did and she loved what she did so much she did, just did an amazing job but her her qualities were leadership qualities so I think that's kind of a bit of a message in the book as well. Yeah. So you, you, know, can, you can be a leader no matter what you do. That's, that's a big part of the book. So yeah. picking up on that, I um, whenever I travel, in the days when I used to travel, <laughs> um, like all of us did, I am really a nut at collecting little like hotel notebooks. Oh. I keep them for, you know, just times when I want to write notes. And I took this little notebook from a hotel I'd stayed at in Melbourne early this year and I was flipping the like flipping through it to write something, find the next blank page just about a month or so ago. And this person who had been the the maid in the room had written a note to say, Hi, how are you? I hope you're having a really lovely day. Oh my goodness. And and some inspiring quote about, you know, keep fighting the good fight or something like that. And wow. I thought, oh my goodness, she's that just is flipped to halfway through the pad and written this little note. Oh, that's I'm, so beautiful. So it doesn't just happen in these fables, mm. which is lovely. That is and lovely. The, the main character in the book, he had been a soldier. Yes. And had lost his way. Mm. Yeah. Um, and was working in a bookstore, bad relationship with his partner, and just kind of thought he was just turning into nobody. And then, yeah, this old fella came in and took him on a journey to meet these other four amazing characters. But, yeah, one of them was a, a massage therapist to the stars in Hollywood and talked about how much attention he gives to his clients. So it was just different skills that these people had that with no amazing CEO title. But, but they the, were all doing the best that they The could. qualities that they had were making them a leader. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Read it. <laughs> 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 at 7 a.m um, <laughs> as part of your daily routine <laughs> yeah well i love that and that's probably a beautiful way to finish that that no matter who you are or what you do you can be a leader it's really about you know doing live, doing life or whatever it is that you do on purpose mm. and to the best of your ability and then it doesn't matter what title you have not at all it's just living on purpose mm. doing it the best you can 
Oh, thank you so much, nice. girls, for coming thank in. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I always loved having a good discussion about life and now leadership and, again, doing this crazy journey as best we can. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, Soul Sisters. Thanks, thank Mel. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.